his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome to Beyond Black History Month. I'm your host, Femi Redwood. There are 30 million different small businesses in America. A little over 100,000 are Black-owned. For the most part, every year that number inches up. And the same can be said about the whiskey business. Black entrepreneurs are slowly working their way into that niche industry. And in a way, they're reclaiming the space. Because one of the most popular whiskey brands owes its success to a man who was enslaved. Let's go back in time to the American Revolution. Whiskey was so popular, it was used as currency. There was only one way the country could keep up with that demand. Labor from enslaved people. Today, Jack Daniels is one of the world's biggest whiskey brands, but it's also a prime example of the industry's erasure of enslaved folks. The iconic black label bottles have made Jack Daniel a household name, but many may not know about Nearest Green. Shea Ramos, a.k.a. the Black Bourbon Guy, explains. A man by the name of Nathaniel Nearest Green, he was a former enslaved person who in the late 1800s found himself working on the farm of a Lutheran preacher in Tennessee. Guess who else worked for the preacher? Jack Daniel. Nearest taught Jack how to make whiskey. After emancipation, Jack bought the preacher's distillery and hired Nearest to be his master distiller. Nearest even taught him how to make the perfect drink. Jack Daniels went on to become a multi-billion dollar operation. And it wasn't until 2015 most of us had ever heard of the name Uncle Nearest. That's when writer and entrepreneur Fawn Weaver discovered the connection, pushed Jack Daniels to acknowledge Nearest, and then founded her own whiskey brand, Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. She hired the great-great-granddaughter of Nearest to be her master distiller. Now, Uncle Nearest is its own Tennessee whiskey company, which is the fastest-growing whiskey company in America. Talk about a family legacy. It's really been an inspiring story for people like myself. I think for a lot of whiskey makers, it's really spawned a whole new generation of Black whiskey makers, female whiskey makers. Like Nicole Young, the CEO and founder of Frisky Whiskey, a flavored whiskey company that launched this year. In an industry that's not exactly known for diversity, she's one of the few Black women who are CEOs. The whiskey tastes really, really good. She not only created a great tasting product, but is also unraveling the grip white men have had on the whiskey industry. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who said, I don't understand why black people, they always want to 
make it like, oh, you know, I'm the, the first black person doing this and I'm the first black person doing that. And I said, you know, it's at the end of the day, we don't necessarily set out to say that's the most important part of what I'm doing. It's the most important that I'm the first one doing this, or, you know, I'm, I'm only the second black female to have a CEO title in the whiskey business. They're major accomplishments, but that's not what our goal is. That's not, that's not my tagline. Her presence is making waves. There are orgs now that support women in whiskey because there are females in ownership roles in whiskey. One of those organizations is Distill Ventures. The company provides funding and support to startup spirits companies. Kamudi Katime, the managing director of inclusive investment programs at Distill Ventures, says the company's Accelerate program helps those who may not have generational wealth to lean on, but want to get into the business. I think the times have changed over the last several years where the environment has been right. These things aren't just like a light switch. It's not like you just turn it on and suddenly you have diverse founders and diverse companies that are exiting. Across the industry, there are a lot of organizations that are implementing IND programs, supplier diversity programs. This industry is really starting to feel the momentum on the front end of that. Despite the strides the industry is making to provide marginalized people with more opportunities, there are still times when it feels like there hasn't been enough change. The way that we do business at DV to think about. Heidi Dillon is the managing director in North America for Distill Ventures. She says while she's had great opportunities, she knows that's not the case for everyone. The number of times I'm sitting on a Zoom call or in a room and I am the only woman is... 80% of my life. With little to no black voices at the table, it makes you wonder. Systemic racism is built in the DNA of this. It's going to be something hard to extricate from companies. I've worked in a lot of other industries, ad tech, real estate, and it, it was a challenge in all of those. And it still is a challenge. I think, you know, similar to other industries, this is this is what everyone's trying to figure out. But those are the things that need to happen in order to create the change within. Let's pull back a little bit. There are ways that racism is baked into the liquor industry. Think about the stereotypes around certain beverages. Like if you're a black person who walks in and orders a cognac and coke, good chance you're going to get somebody looking at you weird or your server going into the back to talk trash about you. Microaggressions can turn a person off from checking out spaces they aren't represented. The beverage industry can be a not really inclusive or not the most inclusive of industries. And that's true whether you are an employee or whether you find yourself as a guest. Shay wants to change that. That's why he sprinkles in black history during his tours or tastings. I like to focus on making sure that I am telling stories that are very much largely untold in the industry. Because if you go to really any liquor store that sells a lot of whiskey, most of the bottles are branded with the names of the old white guys who owned the businesses. But it's certainly obscures the stories and the contributions of all of the non-wealthy white men who were involved in that production process. Like Uncle Nearest. Bourbon production 
really started booming in the 1780s. History tells us a large portion of this country's labor was being done by enslaved peoples. George Washington himself had enslaved people working at his distillery in Mount Vernon. Even Elijah Craig, a former Baptist preacher who bills himself as the father of modern bourbon, he had a number of enslaved people in his employ. And unfortunately, the historical records are somewhat difficult to track down in a number of cases. So we can't always prove that these people were working as part of the distillation operation, but it's kind of hard to imagine a world in which they weren't. Jay wasn't surprised to find out how little recognition black people have gotten for their contributions to whiskey. You know, you can spend tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on education and barely touch the contributions of black people in just about any industry. But people want to learn. I've heard this probably 10 times. Some guy pops up and says, yeah, does anybody care about, you know, who makes their whiskey? My response to those people is, well, well, yes, judging from all the effigies of old white men on the bottles that I see when I go into the store, people care greatly about who makes their whiskey. Shay loves to share success stories. My favorite distillery period is Old Forester based in Louisville. And I believe it was in the 50s, they hired a black woman named Elmer Lucille Allen as a chemist. Uh, and, you know, chemistry plays such a hugely important role in the production. So this woman undoubtedly played an incredible role in my favorite distillery's history and it's dope because if you go to visit their tasting room today you'll actually see a photo of her at work on the wall but he thinks it's also important to share the darker side of whiskey's history i encourage people to drink without guilt and for me i cannot in good conscience knowing the history drink a product that voluntarily associates itself with the name of a plantation. Like Rebel Yell. One of the biggest bourbon brands that associates itself outwardly with the Confederacy. They had rebranded from Rebel Yell to Rebel. The slight change isn't enough for Shay to drink it. There's way too much dynamite whiskey for me to have to drink stuff that voluntarily associates itself with slavery, is not honest about its roots in slavery, or continues to profit with terrible behavior. By naming your company as something that aligns with the Confederacy, you have said that I only want money from 87% of the population. Shay doesn't tell his customers what to drink based on his morals, but he will educate them, which empowers them to make those decisions with a little more awareness. One of the things that I've been doing is been trying to engage different companies to do my research, to ask questions about the old white guys that are on the bottles. One of those dudes is E.H. Taylor, who has a collection within Buffalo Trace Distillery. If you look at his bio, there is very little information about what he did pre-Civil War, right? There's all this information about, oh, the Civil War ended, and a couple years later, he magically had enough money to start his own distillery. So Shay did his own research. He was in private banking for the first few years of his life. And a lot of, lot of that dealt with private banking dealing with slave owners. When the banking industry collapsed in the 1850s, he transitioned to merchant sales. And part of that job was 
buying cotton from Memphis. And then during the Civil War, he actually sold to both sides of the conflict. So Buffalo Trace chose to omit that story from the giant poster of him on the wall. He hopes more people will continue asking questions. I think that honesty in advertising is everything. And I don't have a problem that E.H. Taylor did what he did, but I do find it interesting that they chose not to put it out there when some of their other figures, uh, George T. Stagg, for example, his military time on in the Union is very proudly displayed on their walls. Talking about the truth behind these drinks is super important to Shay. That's what I'm here to do, educate people, to have some fun with it, to tell stories. A lot of the stories, they make the drinks better. The newer black whiskey makers come with their own stories. There is another brand called it's St. Liberty Whiskey, and it is a brand that is partially owned by two black women, and their whole shtick is to put out whiskeys that honor the work of colored women during the bootlegging era. So it's really dope to see these bottles that have black women with bayonets on the front and their names, their nicknames, and then their whole story on the back it's impressive to see these brands thrive. I don't want to make it all about the color thing. It is a very difficult industry to navigate and also succeed in for anyone. I think that if you are a black person who is looking to break into the industry or you have a product and you want to push the product forward, we have setbacks. We have preconceived notions. We have assumptions that are made about us from the beginning. There are those roadblocks that come with being black. Launching a brand is not easy. There is a lot of work behind the scenes. You cannot start distilling something in your kitchen and two years from now, you might be on the shelf of every liquor store. No, that's not the way it works. So if you are a person of color, you have to get over all of those hurdles that anybody would have to. But because you are black, you really are set back. It's the lack of representation is due to the lack of opportunity, but also very much a lack of funding. The liquor business is already competitive, so when prejudice comes into play, it's tougher to take off. The good news, things are changing. Nicole is proof of that. Shay thinks a more diverse whiskey industry will make for a better collection of whiskey brands. Companies have long missed out on profits by overlooking their own diverse histories. You look at how much money Uncle Nearest has made. I mean, all Jack Daniels had to do was figure out their own history 20 years ago, tell that story themselves. They could have put their own bottle out with that name, honored that history. The Black community has proven a willingness to support black brands to support black people even if they're within white brands so there's enormous financial opportunity uh, that i hope they understand and it seems a lot of companies are starting to come around with while it may not be the speed the world needs progress is progress and like an aged bottle of whiskey all good things take time Thanks so much for listening to Beyond Black History Month. If you're enjoying our series, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. 
Beyond Black History Month is a special production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to producers Dempsey Pilat and Jill Webb, who both wrote this episode. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer, and I'm the managing producer of podcasts and host of Beyond Black History Month, Famie Redwood. Thanks for listening. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.